Hi, this is Claire and the Art of Life. This is a, a living voice transmission rather than a podcast. And um, I'm going to speak here today, now, in this moment, this living moment of the eternal now, to language and the difference between dead language and living language and how we are essentially transitioning as a consciousness, as a, a living planetary consciousness of living men and women, polarity and vegetation and animals and insect life and bacteria and water and elements and air. Um, we are transitioning from a life in, in many ways, in bondage to language and, and in bondage because of the language that we're speaking, uh, the nature of it, we're transitioning into more profound, expansive and fluid ways of communicating. And one of the ways that I know, that I feel and know, how we can move more symbiotically, transition more symbiotically, is through the primal art of drawing and painting and how very, very, very different it is, is particularly um, intuitive, spontaneous drawing and painting, playing with colour, feeling through colour, working without an agenda or a forced, striving concern with our work without trying to make it into something, but letting it be exactly what it needs and wants to be. At the same time to as mastering our own unique language, harnessing our inimitable uniqueness into visual form, creating a moving body of work, a body of work that is growing and expanding and morphing and changing. The power of that in the face of, in contrast to having to work within not just the structures that we see, like an, F, an essay, a, a storybook, a, a structured piece of writing, an application, a, a, a letter to, for a job, a, a recommendation, a certification. in addition to the external structures that we traditionally place our words within, a post, a blog, a tweet, <laughs> a text message. Um, written language has a whole history um, and, and a, a manipulated um, agenda behind it that although it might seem that it, it's just a tool that it's there, for us to use, like a hammer is a tool that's there for us to use. But there's a lot more to the kind of words that we use, which we think we're expressing one thing. Actually, there's a whole other reverberation, like there's a multiple meanings to each word. And in particular, there's a, a natural meaning, an original meaning, but then there's a, a structured and manipulation meaning as well um, and this is something that a lot of the time we don't we don't recognize that the actual way we're writing 
for example, italics or capital letters or using certain structures, just the way our names are written, for example, um, the traditional legal structure of a name. Um, there's a whole world between the legal and the natural, the naturally lawful, the, that which is aligned with law and nature and God and spirit. So um, one of the really amazing things that I love to support others in is, is what happens when you allow your hands to, to touch materials come into contact with, into living relationship with the materials like paints, colours, pastels and a surface of, of whatever kind. And you allow um, an uncontrived unfolding of whatever is inside you that wants to come out of you. Um, Again, this is something I say a lot, but this is such a thing to unpack. Like, I was about to launch into discussing the, the most of us in our modern lives are, are pretty uptight, pretty tense in whatever ways, both physically and, and emotionally and in terms of how we think about our body, how our body is even compartmentalised how our psyche is compartmentalised and how mostly we're working with a very small part of our brain, not because we're meant to, <laughs> but because we've honed and tightened and um, been conditioned, cultured, to think in small soundbite-type shapes and forms rather than in big, holistic, organic, spiritual, planet-sized, universe-sized movements and forms and feelings. So that very tightness and the very nature of the rigidity that we already hold means that if we, if we haven't had some kind of a practice of spontaneous expansiveness or self-expression or... Um, freeing or something that frees us, frees our energy. If we come to drawing and painting for the first time, um, it's not just that it's all going to flow out. It might, but it's, it's more that the big thing comes up, the big question that comes up is, why haven't we spoken our own language? Why haven't we been allowed to? And what has stopped us from speaking our own language? Our very unique DNA, absolutely inimitable language. Like, why would we not have been speaking it all of our life in everything that we're doing? Of course, because unbridled, <laughs> the language of a person, the beautiful, unique spectrum of it, the shades and tones, the recurring themes, the recurring vibration, the... the the periods of colour of it, the elemental qualities of it, they can't be contained. They, yes, they can bloom briefly like a flower in a painting, 
meaning a painting as like a flower, being a flower, not a painting of a flower. Um, they can bloom briefly in that in that material form, but really they're always going to become. They're always, they're always going to be different. There's always going to be another painting, and there's always going to be a different way of saying it. Saying it, and it's not going to be a different way of saying the same thing. It's going to be a different way of saying something that's similar somehow. But again, the language gets clunky here. Similar, but. Um, like resonating with it, vibrating with it, but very, very different. Um, people often tell me that my style is is really recognisable, uh, not because it's kind of a brand or a, a technique or or anything like that, but it is me. And they, people will often say, actually, that I paint a lot of figures in my art. They'll say that my, I look like the paintings look like me or I look like the paintings. And it's funny because I don't particularly model the faces on my own face or on people around me, but other people's faces will come through and my face does come through it just because, like, why wouldn't it? It's going to create itself in the form of itself. So it's going to resonate with my body, my skin tone, my eye colour, my hair, maybe. Um, it's not going to be an exact imprint of it, but it's going to resonate in some level. Like I very often have red hair in the paintings. The women have red hair, or pink or orange. And yeah, I don't have strong pink or orange hair. I have had in the past. But there's something about that that somehow resonates with where I come from, from my, my culture. And yeah, it makes me think of the colours of leaves in the autumn and the colours of the bracken when it's dying on the hill, the bright orange after the rain has been on it and the contrast of it against the blue sky. Like things that come into my work aren't exact depictions of the thing, the things that I've grown up with, the things that I've experienced, but somehow they're going to come through anyway. So unconsciously, not again, unconscious isn't the right word because it suggests a, a polarisation between the unconscious and the, the conscious. I don't believe in that at all. I think when you work holistically, there is no dark side. There is no unconscious. There's just parts of us that are more subtle and maybe even parts of us that are perhaps a little numb or hidden or aren't integrated into our life. But, but when we sit down and we give ourselves space to speak our own language, that will become clearer and clearer. Like if one sits down at the canvas for days and days on end, for months and months and years and years on end, and then decades and decades, eventually it will become very clear what your subconscious is telling you. Uh, there won't be a dark side or something that isn't known or something that's terrifying and difficult underneath um, really concepts like that again are are created by a system that wants us to be subservient to it that wants us to be subservient subservient to an, an authority outside of ourselves that will tell us that we can't know anything about our subconscious we have to read about it in a book we have to get Freud or Jung or one of the other guys Lang to teach us about it. 
but I'd like to I'd like to just suggest and and also invite you to explore what it is like what is your language you know why are we all speaking a standardized language which now is getting more and more perverted into <laughs> via google oh my god into more and more profoundly distorted blandness of white bread language um through political correction through censorship, through complete information blackout, where more and more ideas and concepts are being presented as precisely the opposite of what they are. Um, virtue signaling, um, disinformation. Ugh. And as such, um, the, the collective psyche becomes distorted. And the thing about sitting down with oneself and a pile of colours, whatever kind of materials we're working with, and a blank canvas or a blank old door frame, uh, old door, or the back of a, an old picture or whatever. Um, the profundity of bringing it back to ourselves and not going outside of ourselves first. Instead, first coming inside of ourselves, breathing in, feeling, just feeling and witnessing self, and then allowing, not, not directing the hand, but allowing the hand to move by itself, because it will. It has a force. It has a knowing. The body has a knowing, even if the mind is completely switched off, completely silent, completely not taking care of the thing or controlling the thing or... De demanding or dictating or manipulating even if the mind is completely distracted or blank or or just temporarily switched off peaceful or switched off um, the hand will just reach down and grab the color that it most wants and and put it on on the paper in a very particular mark not a particular contrived mark it might take a while for us to get out of having any sort of intention behind our marks. But we're going to put down the purity of that colour, the beauty of that colour, the, the, the pure rush of that seeing something be created from just the movement of our hand, the material, the surface. And immediately there's a relationship begun and there's a language beginning Nobody else can put that mark down like you. And that's the most profound, the most important thing. We know our uniqueness through how we inimitably move and are in movement. Our, our completely unique choice of movement, our choice of colour, our choice of material, our surface, our the amount of time we sit with it, whether we push hard or soft, or whether we move from left to right or light, right to left or up or down, whether we get really, really active and really excited in it, or whether we make very slow, deliberate marks. Um, either way, we will move more and more. The more we do it, we'll move more into our uniqueness and language and it'll reflect back to us exactly what 
is going on within us. As soon as we've got a few marks on the paper or maybe if we just scribble away or make a mess for half an hour or so, immediately images will come to us. They'll form, form very clearly associations and things that, you know, maybe we won't see something at first, but we'll turn the page around, turn it upside down, look at it through a mirror or look at it on our screen. I was doing that with a beautiful woman today, a beautiful friend that we were co-creating, painting together. And she was looking at the screen and it was looking, you know, you can see it differently when it's on a different scale. You suddenly see it on a thumbnail with the, the resolution, uh, the the contrast turned up on the screen and you can suddenly see it. Ah, it stands out. You, you know, if you half close your eyes, it's going to stand out in a different way. You're going to see the chiaroscuro, the dark and light relationship of it much better. And I was talking with this beautiful woman today as well about the power of knowing that you can literally put down any mark at any time and letting yourself go into that, letting it be chaos, letting it go through a messy, chaotic state letting it loosen up first, let the loosening up of it happen. And then there's this beautiful correlation between what's bothering us inside, what's tension inside, what's stress or distortion inside, whatever the distortion is, it will come out through a mark, like the mark unlocks it. The pattern that we unfold, it's not a pattern, it's not a... a a repetitive pattern in that sense but the texture of what comes out the the uniqueness the unusualness of what comes out the very specificness of what comes out is exactly what's inside us you know it can't it can't not be exactly what we are but we're taking it out of the the verbal fixed structure which is essentially a distortion a rigid structure a rigid logical front lobe brain structure and we're, we're freeing it up. We're making it bigger than it is. You know, it's condensed into this tiny little part of the brain. All these words and typeface and and um, concepts and taglines and, and full stops and bullet points and um, ideas and boxes and compartmentalised. We're breaking out of it and we're translating something that that is holding us down and holding us square, holding us still. And essentially is, you know, there's a really big difference between consciously being aware of what we're saying and what the language, what the history of the language is, why language is designed in the way it's designed, why it's moved and become more and more like this and more and more restricted, why our words are policed, why, especially in the last couple of years, our words have been more and more like many, many people not allowed to talk with their own voices and their own words and their own thoughts, ideas being policed, being censored, being, you know, even professionals' <laughs> ideas and facts, uh, natural facts, science being completely censored, blacklisted, thrown off the internet, websites shut down. Like, that is happening right now. It's happening today. I just saw a really major website for... Um, America's frontline doctors being thrown down by Amazon so yeah there's strong shit out there so the nature of what language has been turned into and how it shackles us breaking out of that by not 
spending a whole day or a whole year or your whole lifetime being locked into front lobe consciousness, but simply picking up a colour, an oil bar, for example, oh, and putting a huge streak down the middle of a piece of paper or getting all the mess out, getting big red stripes, getting big black zigzags on a piece of paper and then getting a big wide brush and blocking in colour, blocking in a shape into it, blocking in a figure, letting the figure form and come out itself. It's really extraordinary how like, the conventional logical mind will tell you that you're just doing random things with no purpose or meaning. But when you're actually doing it, you'll know very different. You'll know that you're actually unleashing something that is profoundly, profoundly meaningful, profoundly liberating, profoundly writing and <laughs> bringing you to wholeness and wholesomeness. And you'll find that moving on with that, like doing it regularly, having a regular session and coming back to it again and again, Yes, there are other practices, um, and yes, there are practices even within the body and spontaneous movement, spontaneous sound and vibration that are incredibly, incredibly powerful. Each has their own particular um, merits, and art, I feel, is one of the areas that, like with the voice, it's one of the areas that has been limited and stolen from us and and in particular the wildness and the freedom of art what art is really really is and is meant to be um has, has really been stolen and into the stolen up into the hierarchy so so fundamentally that most people the first time they come to the paper will will make some time type of a comment around Oh, oh, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know anything about art or I can't really draw or I want to be able to draw. And the beauty of taking all of that apart and saying, but, you know, what authority told you that? Like, why are you saying that to yourself? Why, why would you limit yourself like that? Why would you not just let yourself play? Why would you not let yourself be fully in this moment right now and expressing exactly what your body, mind and spirit want to express? Why would you not just be at one with yourself and letting the process take over and letting yourself be at one with it? Why, why would you not be doing that? Um, and, that and that's a question that has to keep getting, keep getting put again and again. You know, what are we doing to ourselves? Uh, because whatever we're doing in front of the canvas, whatever we're doing at the easel, whatever doubts creep in or whatever words make themselves known, I say, like, breathe those words in a minute. Like, just breathe those, breathe that thought in. And let it out through your hands. Let it out through your hands. You know, what does it feel like? I do this thing where I um, almost transcribe what's going on in my head into the marks, the mark making. Uh, make, makes me think of an ex, my fiancé, when I was in my early 20s. Um, he had this beautiful technique that he developed around getting a big square of, of um, ceramic, pale ceramic, like a big sheet of it, like maybe, I don't know, two cent centimetre and a half thick, half an inch thick. And then he would, uh, he was a musician, he played the banjo. 
and he would play these almost like he was playing an instrument like play these kind of scores and there were these like the fingers pulling into like pulling the not just prodding a hole like in a really rigid way but this beautiful poetic kind of dance of the hand through and then the thumb sliding along and then he would accentuate these with very specific colors and um like to enhance certain parts of it and the color would the the ceramic when it was fired the the lacquer or whatever it's called <laughs> the the stuff that you paint ceramics with um the glaze the varnish would would sit in little pools and the little indentations he'd made and there were the, there were these beautiful you know I still remember it was years and years ago but I still remember these really beautiful forms that that came out of it and the fact that they were about a living voice a living voice through the hand that re, that related to music but it wasn't you know he wasn't writing the structure of the music he was using the movement of his hand to dance with the material of the ceramic and then to play with the colour and play with the clay and there's some, something about the fluidity of that um, and that's very similar to what I'm doing with my the paint um, over many, many years, like more than three, three and a half decades of having a very regular um, painting practice. I find that extraordinary things come out because I know myself and I know the nature of life because I've just been sitting witnessing it within myself as a microcosm and relating it to what's going on around me. And I have a very, um, very, a deep knowing, a deep awareness, a consciousness around almost anything being possible in terms of unveiling truth. If we unveil the truth around ourselves, we're then able to see very much more clearly. So if we un unveil inside of ourselves through just witnessing ourselves, through witnessing our own hands playing with colour, then that unfolding, as we get closer and closer to the core of ourselves, become more and more ourself and see that we're being ourselves. There's this beautiful feedback loop of like positive reverberation, which is, I liken it to, I feel it's similar to like harvesting our own energy, harvesting our energy and gathering and, um, you know, like gathering our, gathering the wool on a, on a spool um we're gather we're gathering the building up the vibration by gathering the energy in and the more we do that the more this um small circuit that we're creating a circuit within ourselves and a circuit between us and the color and the surface and the image that's coming out of it this living conversation this living dialogue this livingness this beingness the more we're able to really immerse ourselves in that, swim in it, like just swim in it, you know, be carried by the water, feel the water holding our body up, breathe and move our arms and legs and just like swim in it. The more we can allow ourselves to do that, the more we simply become who we are. We just become more who we are and, and we start to recognise that, wait a minute, the person I am, 
out in modern life isn't exactly who I want to be or who, you know, I'm being dictated to what I should be and I'm feeling pressure from it and I'm being coerced and it doesn't feel right because it isn't. And you know when you're when you're delving into knowing self, you're then able to see the nature of the world, not because you're tangled up in the corner of your brain somewhere over-philosophising or creating elaborate structures of thinking around and then projecting it onto the world, but because you are the microcosm of the world. We're all the microcosm of Gaia Sophia consciousness. We're all the microcosm of divine intelligence. We're, we're not the same as God. We're not made in the exact image of. But it's like when I was studying sacred geometry, we were, we were we had this discussion about, I think we were studying Islamic art and we were practicing sacred geometry, like these really elaborate structures of um, hexagons and threads of patterns weaving into other threads of patterns and colouring them in and so on. And the meditation of that is, is incredible, incredible. But there's, and there's something in the practice of doing that, which is all about like trying to make it the most perfect possible. But of course, it can never be perfect, just in the same way um, the guys who were teaching there were talking about how, yes, uh, bees make hexagons, but they're never, it's never a perfect hexagon. It's like the form of a hexagon, but the point isn't the perfection of it. The po point is the general stability and form of it what that allows to channel, what it holds, what it holds as a container, but it's not about the perfection of it, and that that seems like a really important thing, an important aspect. I think the labeling of things and the containing of things and the compartmentalization of things is occupied with the rigidity of perfection that can actually never be maintained, because it doesn't matter how sharp our pencil is, <laughs> and how precise our 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 set of compasses are and um, you know when you zoom in it's never going to be exact it just can't be and even with our technology the way the ink lies on the paper or the 3d printer makes something yes it's going to look really perfect but when it's under a microscope there's going to be imperfection in it and the point isn't a sterile replication of a pattern the point is our divine nature that comes through everything differently and comes through everything in the way it's meant to. And that that, that that general nature of the world shouldn't be fucked with, shouldn't be messed with. You know, we shouldn't all be trying to make ourselves into something else or trying to force ourselves into a shape that we're not or trying to jam down thinking or jam down thoughts we should be exactly who we are in our beautiful imperfection our perfect imperfection and yeah painting intuitively and spontaneous really spontaneously really helps us to just understand the, the immense simplicity of that how easy it is just to be ourselves and how easy it is for things to come up and be seen and witnessed and then just to be released just to be let go of, just let go of. They're not so so serious, so they're not so encumber, so cumbersome as we thought they were. 
not so heavy. The load can be lightened. Um, even the most terrifying, oppressive th thoughts or fears can literally dissolve through our, not through our fantasy, la la lying, you know, positive thinking and all that shit. But through knowing that we're here at this time for good reason, that we are here with the tools that we need within us in order to navigate what's out with us. And knowing that in being connected with ourself, we can then be connected with everyone in the most profound ways. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish off there. Lots more to say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking a lot more about all this stuff. Um, I'm doing a live session on the first of every month, four p.m. Rome time, Central European time, CET, on my Gypsy Claire's Art House meeting space. Um, I'd love to see you there if you would like to be in a dynamic, beautiful co-creative space, bring some materials, bring an open mind and open heart and be willing to um, step courageously in and out of yourself, breathing in and out and be willing to free up whatever wants to free up. I would love to support you in that. Um, if you would like to support my work, if you'd like to support this living voice transmission, um, Join me on Patreon or send me a gift via the various buttons that you'll see at the bottom of the pages of my website or contact me privately um, via my website, clairegalloway.com, Claire, C-L-A-R-E, galloway.com or whatartisfor, whatartisfor.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you. really love being in living conversation with my beautiful friends and supporters and co-creators right now it's a, a really magical time a profoundly enriched um, time of transformation and liberation and um, if you need some company in all of this um, or if you're struggling to find the positive in all of this um, do come and join us um, I also do one-on-one -on -one sessions with my supporters uh, on Patreon or people who support me and gift me in other ways. We do uh, these co-creative sessions together, one-on-one, -on -one, which are very powerful and are becoming more and more powerful all the time. So yeah, get in touch. Um, and yeah, maybe see you on the first of the month at four o'clock, Rome time. Much love to you. Blessings and beauty and all good things. Tante belle cose. Um, be well. Be sovereign, be free. Blessings.